Jackson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills, broadcasting live this week from Radio Row at Super Bowl down in Atlanta. No, God, I wish. No, we're here in Wisconsin, and this weather is awful. I wish I was broadcasting from the Super Bowl. Thanks for joining us, and I hope if you are traveling tonight, if you're driving home from work or wherever you may be heading, just just drive slow. I actually had to walk down here today. So today was uh, the first day of classes at UWL which was a nightmare in and of itself. They canceled morning classes. Cars were snowed in on the side of the road, and I got home from class. My last class wraps up at 3.40. 3.40. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking home from that class, and I'm like, do I want to shovel out my car? Do I want to warm my car up, scrape all the windows off, or do I just want to keep walking and go right down? So I walked, uh, and it is pretty nasty outside. So if you're driving around, just go slow. And hey, if you drive slower, more time in the car, more time to hang out here on the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY. I do appreciate you tuning in regardless of the weather. We have a lot to cover today. Uh, Today's show, I I could best describe it as, you know when you eat at uh, like Old Country Buffet, China Buffet, you don't really have a lot of one item. You you eat a lot of, uh, take a little bit of everything, right? You get a little bit of fried chicken, a little bit of mashed potatoes, but you're also going to grab a piece of that steak, maybe some butterfly shrimp, right? Sitting down at Old Country Buffet, you want to have a little bit of everything. That's why you're there. Today's show is pretty similar to that. We do have a lot going on. Not a whole lot on the Brewer front. They did have their on-deck event this weekend, and we're going to con- kind of continue to sift through what we learned at Brewers on Deck this weekend. Uh, not a lot on the Packers front. Really no breaking news there. The one bit of breaking news in Wisconsin sports this weekend was with the Bucks, uh, specifically a player requesting a trade. So I want to get into that here in a minute or two. I do want to cover up uh, or cover the Badgers coming up at about 530 their uh, their season is in as an interesting spot, and I think I have I, I think I've summed up this Badgers team. I, I can wrap it up in a couple of words. We'll talk about that at five thirty, and then something really big uh, came down the wire this weekend in UWL athletics, specifically their football team. It hasn't been a quiet off season, uh, and some some turmoil. I'm going to use the word turmoil because we don't really know what we're dealing with yet, and and maybe some of you have seen the report surrounding the coaching staff on the football program, specifically around Mike Schmidt and some emails and some information that was passed around. We really don't know where this is going to end up. Uh, I talked to Scrady a little bit about this this morning. I tried to reach out to a couple different people because when we talk about this at about quarter to six, I want to have the right information. I, I don't want to be making things up. I want to pass along the correct information. So everything we know regarding What's going on with UWL football at 545? Right now, I do want to start because it is the biggest piece of pressing news in Wisconsin sports. After all, this is the Wisco Sports Show. Milwaukee Bucks center Thon Maker, who I love. I love Thon Maker. I don't know if he's going to be an amazing player, but I've always liked him. Uh, Their first round draft pick picked him at 10 a couple of years ago, has told management specifically. Well, I'll just read you the tweet that broke the news. This is from Adrian Wojnarowski, the the, the Adam Schefter of the NBA, if you will. Uh, This is the... Headline of the tweet. This is the caption of the tweet because I think the wording is important. Agent for Milwaukee's Thon Maker has told management that he'd prefer franchise finds a trade to a team that would offer a larger role for the seven-footer. Sides working on a solution story on ESPN. So the story doesn't really have a lot more information that wasn't written in the headline. It's more so explaining minutes, you know, all the details behind the scenes. That's the gist of it. Thon Maker's agent has told management that he would prefer 
the franchise find a trade uh, to a team that would offer a large role for the seven-footer. Now, this Thonmaker's reserve, don't get me wrong, first-round pick, regard, you know, notwithstanding, he is a reserve player. His minutes per game right now are not very high. We, we have seen Thonmaker get a lot of uh, did-not-play-coach's decision, you know, DNPCP. He, he can't be happy about his position. Right now, we, we probably wouldn't be talking about this. Uh, in any other given year, if the, if the Milwaukee Bucks had a reserve player, any position, any age, that requested a trade, it probably wouldn't be leading a show on Monday. It, wouldn't, it certainly wouldn't be leading the Wisco Sports Show uh, here today. But the Bucks find themselves in kind of an unconventional position for themselves. They have the best record in the NBA right now. They're 35-13. and 13. They have yet to lose two games in a row. And over the weekend, they ran into a very good Thunder team. Thunder beat them 118 to 112. And I know it was a disappointing loss. I, I was disappointed by the loss at all. But when you think about it, this is a good piece of perspective. Milwaukee was within one possession. They were in the final minute in Oklahoma City, one of the more difficult places to play in professional sports. They were in one possession in the final minute on the road. Thunder have a top three defense. Paul George went eight for 12 from deep. He had an incredible night, an MVP type performance. And Giannis actually didn't get a bucket until the third quarter. You take all that into account, yeah, it's a disappointing loss, but I don't think this is a, a sign of things to come or maybe a, exposing the Bucks, maybe a chink in the armor, right? I, I think I just think it was a loss to a really good team on the road on a night where the Bucks ultimately, specifically Giannis, didn't play that well. This team is in a really interesting spot right now with 35 and 13. Like I said, yet to lose two games in a row, which is a really impressive statistic, and now they have one of their reserve players requesting a trade. I saw this being met with a lot of different narratives and a lot of different reactions, specifically on social media. And of course, when you listen to talk radio, you know, hearing texts that are sent in or emails or calls. And I do want to get some of your reaction. If you would oblige me, 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. If you have a reaction to this, I would love to hear it. It's an interesting situation. The Bucks are cruising right now. And I've had texts and calls from listeners saying that they wouldn't touch anything. We're about two weeks away, give or take, from the trade deadline here. And most people have said with the Bucks, just play it out. Don't try to improve. Don't try to trade some of your depth uh, and rebuild in for the future. Just leave it. Just leave this team the way that it is. So if it were the if we're up to the Bucks and John Horst, the general manager specifically, I don't think they would be moving anyone or, or trying to trade for anyone. Now, of course, Anthony Davis requested to trade over the weekend. A player that's always going to make you pay attention and ponder a little bit. But, but it's not like the Bucks have a glaring weakness or a glaring position they are trying to improve. Just like they don't have, I think, a huge surplus at any position that would make them comfortable trading away talent to build uh, their farm system specifically with picks or, or development players down the line. I think the Bucks love where they sit right now, and I've heard such from our listeners and from Bucks fans. If it were up to the Bucs, they this would be a very quiet time for John Horst. He would be preparing for the offseason because right now the Bucs do sit at 35-12. and 12. They're leading the Eastern Conference and are near the top of the, uh, I believe, they do have the best record in the NBA. The Bucs don't want to do any of this. They don't want to handle any of this right now. And I think Bucs fans see that and say, Thon, why do you have to go and mess up a good thing? Why do you have to be selfish and not accept your role on this team? And why can't you just be part of things for this year and deal with this in the offseason? And I do understand that. I think as fans, we sometimes give the impression or are under the understanding that that players are playing for us, for our enjoyment, and for our teams, and for our cities. And, and sometimes when a, when a player like this, uh, specifically in this case, Thon Maker, requests a trade, we, we can take it personally, and I understand where it's, it's easy to do that. I'm not going to go down that road. Now, you can say whatever you want, and I do want to get your reaction, 608-796-2558. I do want to get your reaction, and you may have a different reaction than I. I'm not going to roast Thon Maker over the coals for this one. I'm just not. I, I don't think it's fair. Thon Maker 
in the draft in which he was selected, of course, now I can't remember. Let me check. Excuse me. It was 2016, the 10th overall pick. He was a huge ceiling guy. He was either going to be a boom or a bust. It was a big flyer the Bucs took on him at 10. And I've seen Bucs fans saying the Bucs were the only team willing to, to stick their neck out and draft. Look, that's that doesn't matter. I know it's it's a good story that the Bucs took a flyer on him and he has worked out uh, in some way, fashion, or form so far. And that's great, but that that doesn't it's not really applicable here. It doesn't matter who drafted him. The, the, the matter of the fact is the Bucs are 35 and 14 right now. They are playing really good basketball, 35 and 13, excuse me. And they don't really want to have to tweak with any of this. And because they are playing so well, Thon Maker really has not had to play a whole lot. Since January 1st, Thon's played about 10 minutes a game, about three and a half points. And he's got four DNP CDs, which means four times since January 1st. In about a four-week span, a, a month of the season, he has not played because Coach Budenholzer just didn't find a place for him in the game four times. That's a lot. And he had been playing more and more the last couple of years. You liked Thon's trajectory. And now Thon and his agent, who I do not blame because it is his responsibility, his job, and his paycheck depends on getting the best situation for his client, in this case, Thon Maker, as possible. I'm not upset about this. If a player requests a trade from, it doesn't even have to be the Bucks. It could be the Brewers, it could be the Packers. Badgers obviously work a little bit differently. So that's not really in this conversation. But if a player requests a trade because he is not being utilized, he is not growing, he is not meeting his potential as a player, and he is possibly, some may even think he's being held back. Now, I'm of the belief that when Thon Maker has had chances to shine, he hasn't taken the, mo- the most advantage of them. He's been inconsistent. And now DJ Wilson has surpassed him, which if you would have told me that before the season, I would have thought, oh my God. So I don't blame Thon. I think he need, I think he might need a fresh start and a blank canvas of a team to get some more minutes. But I do want to talk about this whole requesting a trade. It's happened twice in the last week. Obviously, Thonmaker and then a much bigger name player in Anthony Davis. It's becoming more common in the NBA. We just saw it with Antonio Brown in the, in the NFL. How does this land on you as fans? Because I do think it's easy to fall into that trap of you see a, a player request a trade from your team and you take it personally. Because in our mind, we are thinking that player is there to win games and to put on a show and win championships for our state, for my fandom, and for my team. Ultimately, that's not really the case, right? They're a professional athlete. They're there to make money. They're there to advance their career. But it's easy to mix those things up. It's easy to look through things, in this case, with green and, and tan or, or green and white colored glasses with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's easy to fall into that trap. So I want to expand it to the Packers, to the Brewers, to the Bucks. It's becoming more common. I think it's only a matter of time before somebody demands or requests a trade from the Packers or from the Brewers. It's just the nature of sports. How does that land on you as a fan? It is tough. We can take it personal. I want to have a nice, calm, nuanced discussion about players asking for trades. It's becoming more common, and it's only a matter of time before we see it again on one of our sports teams. That conversation and your reaction coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you are managing with the conditions outside. It stinks. I'm not going to lie. I'm so glad to have snow. I'm so glad that it feels more like winter, but maybe Mother Nature overdid it just a bit. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line, and I would love to get your reaction, but especially on a day like today, please don't text and drive. Don't even call and drive. Your opinion and your reaction is not that crucial today. 
Just stay safe, drive slow. Uh, but if you are chilling and you're not driving around on a slick road, you can also reach me on Twitter at Grant and at WKTY. Today, I, I started the show by saying this. Today's a little bit like Old Country Buffet or China Buffet. We're not going to dig too deep into any one thing today, but we're going to cover a lot of different things. We're talking about Thon Maker and, and by extension, players demanding a trade or requesting a trade from their franchise because it's an interesting situation. And I, I, if you are able to text or call, uh, meaning you are not on the road, I would love to hear from you on the Five Star Telecom Talking Text Line. But if not, I got plenty to say on this as well. So please don't push yourself. Just get home safe, uh, especially in this weather. Coming up at 5.30, I want to talk a little bit about the Badgers. They got a win over the weekend. The, the win in and of itself doesn't mean a lot, but the way that the Badgers are trending, I think I've finally started to wrap my mind around this Badgers team. Uh, and then coming up at 5.45, we're going to touch on UWL football because there's a lot going on, and I have some thoughts. I don't want to overextend myself because we don't know all the facts yet, but I do want to talk about it. Thank you very much. We'll get there. <laughs> right now, we're talking, like I said, Brewers, uh, not Brewers, Bucks. Thonmaker requested a trade over the weekend. The headline originally... And I do want to get it right because because the wording and the tone and everything involved in, in the optics of this situation means a lot. The original tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski, this is the caption of the article that doesn't say a whole lot more than the caption gives us. Agent for Milwaukee's Thonmaker has told management that he'd prefer franchise finds a trade to a team that would offer a larger role for the seven-footer. Sides are working on a solution. Now, Thonmaker, obviously a very high-ceiling player. There was some bust potential in there as well kind of a boomer a bust pick but it's interesting enough Thon picked a 10 by the Brewers by or the Bucks <laughs> I got Brewers on deck on the mind a lot of fans are saying the Bucks were the only team to extend themselves only team to take a flyer on Thon which wasn't true he would have been drafted regardless and that doesn't matter to the situation but the, being said the Bucks saw potential and now his minutes have been cut since uh, the new year since January 1st Thon has averaged 10 minutes and about three and a half points per game. He has not played due to the coach's decision four times, which is a substantial amount. That's about once a week, uh, give or take, in the month of January. That's a lot of games to miss. It's hard to improve. It's hard to reach your potential if you think Thon is better than what he has showed playing limited minutes like that in sporadic fashion. It's tough, so I understand why both sides, specifically Thon's side, would want to entertain the idea of moving on and being traded. I understand it. We don't have to like it. As fans, it's really easy to take things like this personally. If a Packer or a Brewer, if you're not a Bucks fan, just try to transition and think about another team. If a Packers player, a role player, who maybe thought they were better and maybe thought they deserved more playing time or more snaps, but was an important role player on the team, demanded a trade, you might take that personally a little bit. Because you may look at that player and say, we have a good thing going. And in this case, the Bucks do. They're 35-13. and 13. Best record in the league. Got a good thing going. Why would you want to interrupt that? Why would you want to interrupt the chemistry? And why would you want to jump off the wagon that is going so strong right now? The Bucks are playing so well. They're winning games in chunks. They're winning three in a row, four in a row, five in a row. And they're not losing more than one game in a row. They have yet to lose back-to-back games this year, which is a really promising trend when you're trying to figure out the contenders from the regular season overachievers, which Mike Budenholzer's team has been accused of in the past. Not this team, but past teams. Why would you want to be traded from this? You might ask Thon Maker, we got a good thing going. Why do you want to mess it up? Well, ultimately, Thon's one and only purpose in his sports life is not to play for the Milwaukee Bucks and to bring a championship to Milwaukee and to play for the fans and to give them a show. But ultimately, it's to get as far and to make as much money and have as much success playing basketball as he possibly can. And if Milwaukee's not willing to give him that opportunity or not able, I should say in this case, to give him that opportunity, then why should Thon hang around? I think that's really what it comes down to. 
That's why I'm not really upset at Don Maker. I'm disappointed because I love him. Now, another wrinkle of this and why my disappointment might be premature. Bucks don't have to do a damn thing. When the player, any player on any team in any league requests a trade, if they're under contract, they're under contract. For example, I mean, Thon, they don't have to trade Thon at all. They could just ride out this contract. They could keep him the rest of the year and they wouldn't have to do a darn thing. Anthony Davis is the hot name player right now who has requested a trade, says he's not going to accept that Supermax deal that can be offered to him by the Pelicans. He would prefer to go elsewhere. The Pelicans don't have to listen. The Pelicans could damn well, if they please, play him the rest of this year, play out his contract next year, and let him walk in free agency for nothing. That is their right. They own the rights to Anthony Davis as it pertains to the sport of basketball, much like the Milwaukee Bucks own Thon Maker when it comes to basketball. Obviously, they don't own the person. They own the player. Teams don't have to listen, much like Antonio Brown and the Steelers. He's under contract. They don't have to trade him. It might be better for locker room chemistry. It might be better for the individual player, the individual team, but they don't have to do anything. A request is only that. It is just a request. So let's pump the brakes a little bit. We can talk about it. We can have a conversation regarding it, but nothing is set in stone yet. Bob chimes in. The five-star telecom talking text line, 608-796-2558. Bob says, I don't think anyone is to blame for Thon wanting to be traded. Obviously, if we were in her sh- his shoes, we would want more playing time, but others off the bench have stepped up in their game, and there's not any minutes for him. I think Bob wraps it up pretty well. I, I, nobody is to blame. Just because a player wants to be traded doesn't mean there's necessarily some fault to lay on any party. Or there's something wrong in the locker room. I think all the players love Thon Maker. I think there is a great relationship. I don't think there's any toxicity or any dissension in that locker room. Thon wants to play more. He wants the opportunity to play more. And I think he sees he's not going to get it in Milwaukee. And Bob, I'm with you. If I were in Thon's shoes, I'd be thinking similar thoughts to him right now. I was the 10th overall pick in the league. There's lots of players and people around the league who believe in my potential, possibly. Some people don't. Some people do. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think Thon has all the tangibles. He's got the height. He's got the length. He's got the strength and the speed, the shooting, the handles. Now, I don't know if he can put it all together, but there's probably teams that would be willing and would be possibly even excited to give Thon a shake with some more minutes and see what he can do. The Bucks really aren't in that position. At 34 and 13, 35 and 13, excuse me, they're not really in a position to give developmental minutes to anyone. At this point, it's about chasing the highest seed possible and winning some damn playoff games. It's not really where Thon Maker fits in. And I do like what Bob said. Nobody's to blame here. This isn't necessarily a bad thing. Thon is an anti-Milwaukee. There's not dissension in the locker room. He wants an opportunity to play. It it would be like if you at your job weren't getting an opportunity to advance and you know if you went elsewhere, you would get that opportunity. I don't like to make real-world analogies very often, like in a company or in a corporation, because sports and real life aren't equatable all the time. A lot of sports tacos, a lot of sports talk. Well, you know, the Packers, it's just like this. It's just like Google or Microsoft or Apple. Sports in real life aren't the same. But in this situation, they are. Thon is an employee. He is a professional. He plays professional basketball. And his goal, I would assume, his goal should be to play as much, to score, and to rack up statistics as much as he can, be the best player, earn the most minutes, and make the most money and get another contract down the line and be a player for a long time. Just like that's your goal in your profession, just like it's my goal in mine. I, I'm very I'm very slow and very careful to make comparisons to playing for the Green Bay Packers and working for WKTY because they're just not the same thing. In this instance, they're very similar. I don't like to overdo it. But in this case, it works. 
Coach Wentz chimes in on the five-star telecom talking text line. What's true is at any level is when you get a chance to perform, you better do it or you don't play. And that is another factor, Coach. And I appreciate you pointing that out because true to your name, Coach Wench, that's a fact of life in just about every sporting situation. Thon Maker, let's not mince words here. I know I love Thon and I want to see him succeed, whether it's in Milwaukee or not. I've always been a fan of Thon Maker. But he has gotten opportunities here and there, whether it's due to injury or shuffling in the lineup. And he sometimes he has performed and sometimes he hasn't. Now, you could easily say that, well, if you give him extended minutes each and every night, that allows him to get into a groove and he'll be better. And that's completely fair. Sporadic minutes is difficult. It's hard to put together any form of consistency when your minutes are few and far between and you can't expect when to get them. But when Thon has had opportunities, he hasn't always made the most of them. And I appreciate Coach Wench pointing that out because that's something I neglected to mention. He's been good in spots, in periods, and and you see the potential. You see what kind of player he could be. But then other times, in his limited minutes, he doesn't make the most of it. And I don't think it's through lack of effort. I just... There may be holes in his game, or it just might be difficult to put together consistent stretches of basketball without consistent stretches of minutes. I'd like to think the solution and the answer is somewhere in between, but ultimately that is only for Thonmaker and the Bucks to know. And that is definitely information that they will use move, going down the line, whether they keep Thon on the roster this year or they do look to trade him before the deadline. Like I said, let's remember, the Bucks don't have to do a damn thing if they don't want to. And I do think if Thon stays in Milwaukee, he will... Have a good attitude. I don't think it'll get nasty. I'm not worried about that, and I got that just inferring what I read and from what I've heard. Bucks don't have to do a damn thing. They keep on the roster. This is just a conversation for now. Andrew in lacrosse says, I think Thon might be frustrated with himself. He hasn't lived up to to his potential, minus against the Raptors in the playoffs. That was a hell of a series. I love the guy, but he obviously needs a change of scenery. I think all Bucks fans listening and chiming in on the five-star telecom talking text line, I, I think there's a bit of a consensus. Thon hasn't always flashed, given the opportunity, but... Some more consistent minutes and a change of scenery might help him for sure. And that may be what the Bucks choose to do. Or maybe they keep him on the roster in case of injury or to use him as a weapon in the playoffs because he has excelled in high leverage situations just with energy, like last year against the Raptors. Or two years ago, I should say, against the Raptors. He was okay in the playoffs last year, but he wasn't as good last year as he was two years ago. So we'll see what they do. See what he's able to do and see what kind of agreement or lack of agreement that the Bucks and Thonmaker's side, his camp, come to. As we roll on in the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY, I want to move into the Badgers. Uh, I think I finally got a. Uh, I think I finally figured this team out and what they need to do to accomplish their goals moving forward. That's one thing where that'll that'll be up in a few minutes. And then I do want to talk UWL football uh, and what we know so far. There is I don't want to call it a scandal. I want to refer to it as turmoil. We don't have all the facts that we need to put labels on anything, or to overextend. I'm going to pass along information. I'm going to give my thoughts on it. I'm not going to speculate, and I'm not going to infer. I'm just going to pass along what we know, give my thoughts on it, and we'll wait for more information to come out regarding UWL football. That all coming up in the next half hour here on WKTY. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show. More to come next. The Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills, both at 580 AM and 96.7 FM. You stream live at com and on our mobile app as well. If you haven't downloaded it, get with the times so you can take WKTY and all of our programming with you on the go, even outside the listening area. We talked a little bit about Thonmaker and the Bucks and their current situation. It's an interesting balancing act going on between both camps and one that I'm intrigued to follow in the weeks to come. 
I do want to transition to the other basketball team, and, and uh, we might not talk about Marquette here on the show often enough. They're killing it as well, but I do want to talk about the Badgers basketball team. They had a, what I should say, an appropriate win, a needed win. It wasn't uh, an upset or a resume-building win, but it was necessary nonetheless on Saturday. They beat Northwestern 62-46 to at the Kohl Center. I want to get into all the details surrounding this and what I think the trajectory of this Badgers team moving forward which way they're pointed, I guess. That's the best way to put it. I do want to get into UWL football. Coming up in about 10 minutes past long, everything I know regarding this situation and everything that I've been able to dig up, it's difficult, and that's mostly what I'm going to be talking about here uh, in about 10 minutes. So stick around. It's interesting, and it's going to be a delicate topic, certainly. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talk and text line. Also wide open on Twitter, at Keystroker Grant and at WKTY as well. The Badgers, like I said, got a 62-46 win over Northwestern. The game was mostly won by defense. Hap also got a triple-double. And what's funny enough is Hap very well could have had two triple-doubles last week. Had he not found himself in foul trouble uh, at their game last week against Illinois in Champaign, he very well could have had two triple-doubles last week, which is pretty crazy. He's doing a little bit of everything, mostly because the players around him are allowing him to do a little bit of everything. Against Northwestern, the scoring was, uh, it was fairly balanced, maybe not as balanced as you would like to see. Hap with 13, like I said, he rounded out the the triple-double with 12 rebounds and 11 assists. Uh, Davison had 18, including some big shots at the end. Trice had 18 as well. And if you can get double digits, specifically 12, 13, or more points, if you can get 15-plus from both Davison and Trice from your backcourt, you're, you're, you got a couple ingredients in your recipe for success if you're trying to cook up a Badger win. You're a, a good portion of the way there. If you can get 15-plus points from Davison and Trice, they're going to win a lot of games. Now, they only had two from Iverson and three from Reavers, who took a step back, but Hap was able to carry the rest of the way, 13, 11, and 12. Their bench was damn near silent. Again, Ty Strickland hit a, a crazy three at the end. Brevin Pritzel had three, and Kobe King had two. Other than that, they continue to get nothing from their bench, which is a concern moving forward. But on Saturday, they didn't need to do a whole lot against Northwestern. 62-46, to 46, mostly winning with their defense. And here's what's interesting. I, <laughs> the Badgers, it was by no means an upset or a flashy or an eye-popping win on Saturday. But now I think I've figured out where this Badger team is going and, and what their goal should be moving forward. Before the season, my, my opinion and, and what I'm hoping a lot of your opinions about this Badger team as well, it was just get back to the tournament. Two goals for this season for me for the Badgers was to, one, get back to the tournament and to ride and to lift Ethan Happ up. Allow Ethan Happ to be as good of a player as he can. Now, if that means following him and and allowing him to lead you through the tournament and win some games, that's one thing. If it's just simply getting you back to the tournament, that's another. But I also wanted to see Ethan Happ have as good a season as possible, and he's doing that. I mean, that's taking care of itself. I believe the tournament berth is going to come. They do have a, they've won three in a row, including Michigan, who was ranked two at the time, undefeated at the time. They beat Illinois in Illinois, and they beat Northwestern at home. And some of these Badger wins, especially in Big Ten play, because it is, there is a lack of parity, I believe, in the Big Ten, specifically with teams like Northwestern and, and Illinois and, and Nebraska and a couple other teams. We'll talk about that coming up. But the Big Ten is real good at the top. There's a couple bums at the bottom. And, and now you start to think, how are the Badgers, are they pointed towards the tournament? On, are they on a path? Towards the tournament. What is their trajectory like? And I liked, I reckoned it last week to a resume. When you put together a resume to apply for a job, at least most people, you don't have five or six really amazing job experiences, right? You might have one or two that you really want to talk about, but you got to fill up the rest of the resume, right? You have to put on, 
you know, you have to have your your um your references. You have to have where you went to school, where you went to high school, where you went to college. Those things aren't going to get you a job by themselves. Now, a Michigan win, that's going to go at the top of the resume. Beating uh, NC State at home, Xavier on the road to begin the year, those are the top of the resumes. Those are going to shake out at the top of the resume. But you also need to fill in the rest of that resume to have a well-rounded body of work. Think of beating the Northwesterns, the Illinois of the world. Think of that as the references that go on the back page. They're important, don't get me wrong, but but they're not going to sell themselves. They're not the headliner. They're not the biggest uh, work experience that you would put on the top of the resume, right? They go on the back. They go on the second page if you have one. They're more of an afterthought, but they're important nonetheless. Right now, the, the Wisconsin Badgers, I believe, are on a trajectory towards the tournament. And what I thought was, I was thinking of when bands tour or when uh, performing acts tour, right? Specifically, I'll use Jimmy Buffett as an example. I went to a Jimmy Buffett concert this summer. It was his Son of a Sailor tour, right? All artists and all bands have a name for their tour, whether it's a like, whether it's named after a song or named after one of their albums or maybe it's a catchy phrase. They always have a name for the tour, right? If the Badgers were a band right now, they were a performing act who was touring the country, playing shows at all these different venues, and they had to name the tour... <laughs> I would name it the don't, quote, don't mess this up tour or the don't screw the pooch tour for the Wisconsin Badgers. Because I believe right now they're ranked 24. They're 14 and six. They have a big win over Michigan. They had a couple of big non-conference wins and they performed well early on in the season. I think if they just don't mess it up, if they just beat who they're supposed to beat, they don't disappoint. Maybe they they beat uh, a Michigan State. Maybe they get lucky against a Michigan State or they win at Indiana or they win at Ohio State. They don't have to do all those, but win one or two and then just don't mess it up. Just don't crash and burn. Just like I said, just don't screw the pooch. That, that would be the theme. That would be the name. That would be that the, the big banner that goes across uh, the tunnel when the players run out. You're now 2019 Wisconsin Badgers on their don't mess it up tour as they try to get back to the tournament. That's what I would call it. Because I think the Badgers have positioned themselves well. They got a couple of good wins. You're obviously going to get the name recognition as a Big Ten program who made the tournament for how many years? You have one of the best players in college basketball in Ethan Happ. You have a good base. You're pointed in the right direction. Just don't screw it up. That means when you know you go to Nebraska, you got to win that game. Right? When you host Illinois on the 18th of February, you got to win that game. When you go at, to Northwestern, that's a game you should probably win as well. When you host Iowa, that's a game you should win. Win the games you're supposed to win. Maybe steal a game and upset here and there. But for the most part, just don't screw it up. <laughs> just don't screw the pooch. You'll be fine. 608-796-2558. Bob says, what a weekend for Big Ten basketball. Badgers win. Maryland gets beat. That is true. Michigan State gets beat, and Minnesota beats Iowa. No guaranteed wins in the Big Ten. That is true. And I do think there is a difference between the upper echelon of those teams and the teams at the very bottom, which is why it's important for the Badgers to get those wins when they find themselves in a matchup with one of those bottom-feeding teams. But there are no free wins in the Big Ten. I'm not casting over a win against Northwestern or a win over Illinois. But those are definitely games the Badgers should win. Coach Wench said Badgers will make the tournament because the Big Ten is top-heavy with some bad teams at the bottom. Hey, we're on the same page, Bob. Amen to that. You read my mind. I do think it is top-heavy with some bad teams at the bottom, and that will give the Badgers the opportunity to just take care of business. Just don't mess it up. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and we should be okay. I like that take, Coach. Thanks for chiming in. The Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line is 608-796-2558. Twitter as well, both at KeystrokerGrant and at WKTY. Follow both accounts. Stay up to date with everything here on the station and on the show. If you are driving, first of all, I hope you're going slow. 
and you're not in a rush. One, because the roads are awful and they're not the safest out right now. Uh, but two, you get to hang out with me. You get to more time on the program. Don't text and drive. Don't call and drive today. Not that you should ever do either one of those things. Uh, but especially on a day like today. Some of you might have, if you follow uh, WKTY on Twitter, uh, specifically our very own Matt Scrady, our morning show host. You can follow him at Scrady, S-K-R-A-D-I-E, <laughs> Scrady, W-K-T-Y. He had the tweet of the day. I had to laugh this morning. He said, finally having a son pays off. Someone to help dig me out of a ditch only took him 14 years to pay off. <laughs> it's that kind of day. It's that kind of weather where you're weighing the worth of your children. And uh, and Matt Scrady was doing exactly that this morning, as I'm sure he was out and about early to get here. Mornings with Dave and Scrady, of course, 6 to 9 every morning here on WKTY. Follow Scrady, follow Dave, follow myself, and follow the station at WKTY just to stay up to date, just to stay filled in with all the information that's uh, coming down the wire, all the thoughts like about Scrady's kids specifically his son follow along with what Scrady's son is up to and whether or not his decision to rear children is paying back in a positive way Twitter is a great place for that isn't it the Badgers uh, roll on in their tour let's put a let's put a capstone on this Badger stock 14 and 6 fifth in the Big Ten they're ranked 24 that's enough that's enough to get you into the tournament the motto now is don't mess it up just take care of business. If the if the Badgers were a band, if they were a rock band, and they were going on tour for the next month and a half, and their goal of the tour was to sell tickets, obviously, and also make it into the big uh, the the NCAA tournament, the tour on the ticket it would say the Wisconsin Badgers at the Lacrosse Center as part of their 2019 quote "Don't mess it up" tour. That's what that's the trajectory of the Badgers right now. That's the goal. Don't screw it up. Don't lose to Illinois, don't lose to Northwestern, and everything else should take care of itself, regardless of how you perform against the uh, the, the Michigan states of the world, right? And the Indiana's on the road of the world. And the Michigan, because they got to play them again in Ann Arbor. Those games are one thing. If you take care of your business, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, everything should fall into place, and this team should find themselves in the tournament. But it's a story we're going to follow, because as we know, nothing is guaranteed with this Badgers team. They are 14-6, and six. I like where they sit. And they're 24th. If you're ranked this late in the season into conference play, you like where you sit. You think the committee and all the members involved at least have some uh, eye on you. They're paying attention. They have some respect for what's going on. I don't think this Badgers team is the best team in my lifetime. Not even close. But they're definitely good enough to make the tournament should they just stay the course and not screw it up. But that's not a given with this team, like I said. Uh, there, there, There has been some. I'm not calling it a scandal. I'm not calling it an issue. I'm just calling it turmoil. There's some drama right now in the UW Lacrosse Athletic Department. And trust me, here on WKTY, we cover UWL sports as much as anyone. We are at basketball games, both men and women. We are at football games every week. We had a show uh, with Coach Schmidt, Eye on the Eagles, every Wednesday at the Eagles Nest this fall. I am not looking to talk down on the athletic department of the very university that I attend. I am only here to pass along the information that we know regarding what's going on with the football staff and Coach Schmidt right now. And offer a thought or two. I'm not going to overextend. I'm not going to speculate because we are waiting for more information to be released, both from the athletic department and all parties involved. So as we get into this conversation, I just want to put that precursor. I want to put that disclaimer out there that I'm just basically reporting. I'll give a thought or two, but I'm mostly reporting. I don't want to say something that is incorrect or that is out of bounds. So I'm going to I'm going to play it smart here coming up in a couple of minutes. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show with some UWL football talk coming up next here on WKTY.
Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I hope you're having a good night. Thanks for tuning in. I am your host, Grant Bills. Hope you're managing with the weather. I got an email over the break from UWL. No late classes tomorrow. No classes at all on Wednesday. Uh, classes tomorrow after 5 o'clock are going to be canceled. So that means all UWL students can be tuning in to the Wisco Sports Show Tomorrow night at 5. Even if you have class, it's getting canceled. No excuses. Be tuning in tomorrow night, uh, and we'll run this all back. Obviously, not talking about the same things. Andrew chimed in before we get into this UWL football talk, and I appreciate this, Andrew. To give a shout-out to the UWL men's swim team, they took down Stevens Point this weekend. Uh, and points, he, Andrew ex, uh, explains as well, points men's swim team is in swimming what Whitewater has been in football. They're a powerhouse. And, Andrew, I appreciate you letting me know. I try to follow along. UWL has a lot of tremendous athletic programs in action we talked really briefly about wrestling was it last week or two weeks ago it all starts to run together uh and i try to give shout outs i I try to just pass along information if nothing else because they they there is a lot of success there's a lot of good things going on it's just hard to talk about it all i'm not an expert on wrestling i'm not an expert well i i swam and i I was a swimmer in high school so i shouldn't say i'm not an expert on swimming it's tough to get to it all and i appreciate you andrew uh for getting that news to me and getting that out because there's a lot of good things going on at uwl one thing that's not great, and, and I want to put a disclaimer on this once again, like I said, there's a little bit of turmoil, a little bit of uncomfort. I don't know if you want to call it a scandal uh, right now in the UWL athletic department, specifically the, the football team and the football staff. We don't know everything. There has not been extensive statements meant by any party. So what I'm going to do as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show here is basically pass along the news that we know for sure. And I'm going to offer a thought or two on it. I'm not going to overextend. I'm not going to talk out my butt, for lack of a better term. Not that I would ever do that on this program. I'm not going to talk out my butt because I don't want to be wrong. And I don't want to be unfair to any of these parties involved. So over the weekend... Uh, an article was released, uh, a local uh, newspaper and a local author, not an expose, but but an investigative piece explaining and looking into the relief of UWL's offensive coordinator, Luke Bengston at the time, relieved just after, just after non-conference play last year, heading into the Whitewater game, which is peculiar in and of itself because you hardly ever make coordinator changes in season, let alone after success, I mean, UWL's offense was doing great through non-conference, and they were going into their biggest game of the year. You don't just make a change like that just on a whim. There needs to be something behind it. And and as we read more into it and, and what is being reported, is that it was a change of coaching philosophy. It, it was, or not a change, but a difference between Bengston and head coach Mike Schmidt. They're just, they were trying to do things differently, and it wasn't working. That's what has been stated by UWL and by both parties involved. But then something was dropped over the weekend uh, in a local publication, a little bit of an investigative piece that maybe lends us to believe that there was something more behind it. And and I do, I do want to be careful because I don't want to say anything that's wrong. I'm basically just going to pass along information. It has been released and published now that the UW lacrosse football coaching staff was sent UW Whitewater's defensive schemes before the teams played. Uh, that game was at September 9th. In UWL, it was the Oktoberfest game. It was the first uh, conference game for the Eagles. And leading up to that game, the coaching staff and the the department, all the it's a big department, it's a lot of coaches, were all sent PowerPoints and spreadsheets and pictures of principles, alignments, all, all, all these different configurations of, of what makes a team click, right? It was sent through Coach Mike Schmidt, or to Coach Mike Schmidt, excuse me, on August 22nd, and then forwarded on September 17th to multiple members of the department. Obviously, that's not 
That's not high and mighty, right? That's not all. That's not all square. That's not okay. Now, college athletics is is interesting in the way that they handle these things, right? UWL may seem fit to take action, harsh action against Coach Schmidt and his staff. They might slap them on the wrist. They might not do anything. As a as a radio host and as a communications major at UWL, I'm not privy to the inner workings for the most part of an athletic department. I don't know how often these things happen. This might be a more common occurrence than we all assume, right? We might think that cheating, uh, specifically not stealing, but specifically obtaining playbooks or configurations of opposing teams, of oppositions, and then using that to prepare, that might be more common than we know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not privy to the tendencies and what goes on in athletic departments, especially in Division Three. What I do know is it's not all square and okay. It's not legal. What I'm not sure is going to be the reaction to this. I actually reached out because there's a lack of an information. There's a lack of dialogue going on right now. When I know Scrady is tight with Mike Schmidt, he's probably going to be passing along all that he knows in the mornings here on WKTY. I reached out to a couple of parties this afternoon just trying to get, basically get up to date, right? To get, where are we now and where are we going? The problem is it's it's kind of difficult to obtain that information uh, even as a member of the media. I don't want inside information. I just want, here's what we know so far. And here's maybe the trend in the direction that the athletic department, specifically the football coaches and, and their destiny, for lack of a probably a more concise term, what's going on? I, I want to be able to talk about it in this show. I want to be able to pass along this news with some perspective and, and some some reassurance to our listeners that what I'm saying isn't correct. It's not it is correct. It's not a rumor. It's not just something that I've heard through whether it's football players on campus or through other members of the coaching staff or through other media members. I reached out to the athletic office today and and got two statements, very concise, very short, and not very specific. I, I emailed the athletic director and I got a response from David Johnson, who's the assistant athletic director. He's actually the director for media relations. It's been there a long time. We see him at games. It's a face that I'm familiar with. And he said, Grant, here you go. I just asked. I just want an update. You know, what can I report? Because our listeners on the show, we talk about UWL football. We have Eye on the Eagles every week throughout the season. We cover all the games. It's something that we bring to our listeners. And I think our, our, inter, our listeners have a general interest in. They want to know what's going on, especially in an interesting set of circumstances like this. The statement regarding UWL football's emails. The matter has been referred to the Wisconsin Intercollegiate Athletic Conference Office. It's been referred. That's all That's all they'll say. I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying that's all they'll say. Statement regarding UWL personnel issues, meaning what will happen with Mike Schmidt? Will it be a fine? Will it be a suspension? Will it be termination? Or anywhere in or outside that spectrum? The statement is the university doesn't offer comments related to personnel issues. Now, that's great, and I, and I was very happy to get a statement back of any length or any specificity regarding this situation because I want to come on the show and know that what I'm saying is correct, and it's not rumors because our listeners are due to that. I'm not going to come on here and talk out of my butt about a subject that I'm not. I'm not in these meetings, right? I'm not seeing these emails. I'm not hearing these phone calls. It has been referred, and they don't offer comments about personnel. One thing that I will say and this is more my comment. This isn't speculation or inference on what will become of Mike Schmidt or any member of his coaching staff. All I'm saying is, how many times have we seen athletic departments really botch things like this? And, 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 and this is not a, not a statement of detriment at UWL at all. I'm not saying they're handling things well or they're handling things poorly. But what I will say is, athletic departments and their scandals in college is so common, right? How many times do we see it? Whether it's Division Two, Division One whether it's cheating, uh, whether it's breaking some sort of code, 
what we see in Louisville or what we saw at USC with Pete Carroll. I mean, it happens all the time on, on lots of different levels. Division one all the way down to Division three. And at private schools. What seems to make things worse is a lack of dialogue. What seems to make things worse is offering space for speculation and offering space for fans or followers of the team to draw their own conclusions. I think fans and people interested in this situation are going to want and going to expect some sort of transparency. And I think it's best for all parties involved. Because when you leave your fans and your followers and your readers or your listeners, in my case, out to dry and you stay all quiet and you don't say anything, well, now all of a sudden we have room to infer and room to draw our own conclusions, which can be dangerous because that's how rumors start. That's how fake news starts, right? And I know UWL is not listening to my show for advice. That's not what I'm trying to offer. All I'm saying is, I think the more dialogue and the more transparency regarding the situation is going to improve things. It's going to make things better. Show the human aspect. Let's hear the athletic director. Let's hear from the coaches. Let's hear some comments when they are ready and when they are accurate. I think that's the best way to approach this. We're going to follow this story throughout the week, and, and as it continues to develop, I want to get into sharing some things about Brewers on Deck. A whole lot to come the rest of this week. We'll be back tomorrow, regardless of the weather. We'll be here, same time, same place, on WKTY. I will talk to you tomorrow.